Good morning, you support daily.net, and I'm Kemp Parr. This morning, my guest is Dennis Bosco Jr., the CEO of Chelsea Floors. Dennis, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. We were together earlier this week in Dallas at the Fuse meeting, and you told a story about a cyber attack and some ransom that you had to pay. I want the listeners to hear about that. We'll get to that in just a minute. First, though, Chelsea Floors is in New York City, and we've been there for 25 years, right? Yeah, Chelsea Floor Covering is in business for 37 years, and I have been there for 25 years. And uh, your commercial flooring contractor, do you service all vertical sectors, or do you have a specialty? Lately, our specialty has been the healthcare sector. New York City has been a very challenging environment with the strict mandates and how, how heavy we got hit with COVID, right. but we improved our processes and, and we're looking forward to servicing the A&D community and workspace. We're ready and waiting to go. We've upgraded our showroom and are ready to invite people back to us and start specifying and, and really getting out there servicing our clients. So did you have a, a down year in 21 based on everything that was going on in New York? Yeah, 21 was a down year. I mean, we stayed strong in healthcare, but workspace and corporate declined quite a bit. It was very challenging. Right. We did have realtors that were yeah. white boxing spaces and, and stuff like that, but it was very difficult. All right, so I know in New York, especially, most contractors there, either union or non union, where do you fall on there? Well, we, we are subcontractors, so we, we will contract out work to uh, union subcontractors as well as we have non union subcontractors to service other work that our clients require. You can do either way. Dennis, you're also on the Fuse board, aren't you? I was recently given the privilege and honor to be elected to the board. It's really an amazing group of people. All right, so let's get to the story. One of the most interesting things is the way you got attacked. Tell our listeners how they came in a sad door to get you. Well, their infiltration point was actually an old file server that was not being used anymore, but not yet decommissioned. We had left it plugged into the network just in case. Unfortunately, that was our downfall. And one day you came to work and all your computers were locked up. Tell us what happened. Yeah, so I was on my way into the city. I was on the train and I got a phone call from you know one of my people saying that they thought something was wrong. I logged in and I saw that every file had this Russian 15-digit file name with a suffix that ended in dot Joely Velasquez. You said it was Russian, you think? The character's looked like that, that Russian language. I, I can't say for sure that it was oh, okay. Russian. You ended up getting an IT person involved. Tell us how that resolved. I got my IT company on the phone immediately, and they tunneled into the system, and, and they laid it out, and they said, you know, yeah, you definitely hacked with ransomware. What happened was every time we clicked on a file, a window would come up, and it would tell us that we were required to pay two and a half Bitcoin. At the time, Bitcoin was much, much less, but we had to pay two and a half Bitcoin or else our files would implode. However, if we complied, they would issue us a decryptor key and everything would go away. We had a backup. However, it would have been two days old because the most recent backup was actually corrupted just because of the timing of the ransomware. It, it even destroyed all of our workstations that were attached. Anything on the network had every file destroyed. You weighed the cost of it and said you, you needed those two days worth of data. Two and a half Bitcoin, what, what was that the equivalent of, about 12000 It was about $12,000 at the time. So we waited yeah. out. And, you know, I asked my IT guy, I was like, you know, so, so what do you think? And, and he came back with the feedback. He says, you know, 
historically, the hackers are very reliable and their customer service is very good, which, which I, I found a little crazy. Some of my contractors, yeah. I can't even give that level of encouragement yeah. to. We, we made the decision to go yeah. for it, but then to pay him wasn't even easy because you couldn't just, you know, it wasn't just give you my credit card. You had to get Bitcoin and transfer it to him through this platform. It wasn't Coinbase. Yeah, you had to go like to this weird exchange. And I don't have the street uh -huh. cred to buy Bitcoin on that exchange. You had to meet with Guido in a back alley or what? Yeah, well, it, it ended up coming down to that. I was trying to you know, correspond with people, and they wouldn't sell me any more than $500 at a time because they didn't want to take the risk. So I, I poured through this, and somebody had a telephone number that I recognized was Jersey, uh, of all places. Uh -huh. I contacted Jersey Mike, and fortunately, yeah. he heard my story, and he decided to help me out, and I, I had to get cash and I had a deposit in the bank the, you know, as soon as you do something like that, you know, the bank manager came running out and he said, you know, excuse me, what are you doing? And I said, well, you know, I'm making a deposit. Are you buying Bitcoin? And I was like, no, not at all. You know, I, I had <laughs> yeah. to get through all of that. You know, we were able to get the Bitcoin and then you have to transfer it to the hacker. It's incredibly scary. It pops into your 25 digit account. You don't have usernames. You have like this 25 digit number and you need to program the platform yeah. to issue it to this other 25 digit number. My deadline was getting close. So I, I, I actually reached out to the hacker. I emailed him. I wrote a very simple and I thought if I was polite, they would, might be nice with me. I emailed, you know, dear Mr. Velasquez, would you please consider an extension? Yeah. I, I finally was able to procure the Bitcoin, but unfortunately it's taking too much time. And, and he responded very quickly. It was, it was very good. I, I have to say he was yeah. available and, and he answered my question. We were able to then transfer it to him. And I mean, it's just a harrowing experience because you feel like if you click the wrong key, you know, you're going to send it to the wrong person, and then it's, it's gone. My whole staff standing behind me as we sat at a laptop, double-check, triple-check these 25-digit these codes, and, and, then, and then you push the button, and it starts to go. So I emailed yeah. Mr. Velasquez again. He replied that he saw that I sent it, and he would start preparing the decryption key. It was insane. So now we have to wait. And I didn't get the decryption key, so I went home that night. I emailed him again, Mr. Velasquez, I have not yet received a decryption key. And, you know, at every turn, I'm thinking, this guy's gone. But he responded right away, and he said, no, don't worry, it's on its way, and I'll come with instructions. The following morning, most any staff member that was competent with computers and tech savvy, along with our IT, RT support group, they came in, and, and you had to plug the USB port into the computer, and it ran this file, and it was honestly, magically, in about four hours, all of our files were restored. I mean, the one thing that was lost was my natural color hair and probably a couple of years of my life. But, <laughs> I don't know if you know, you know, both Dixie and Tarkett and Mannington, all three last year, had a, a similar thing happen. So uh, I guess it's more prominent than we hear sometimes. Isn't it? You know what? Absolutely. And and I know that in the very beginning, you know, you're embarrassed. You feel like you did something wrong. I mean, listen, that's under my domain and, and my control. And I, I felt like I failed everybody. I didn't have the proper safeguards in place. But when we were at the conference over the weekend, sharing stories with other dealers, it is really prominent. And, and some people were hit much harder than me. And, didn't have, you know, I got off easy. What are you doing now to make sure it doesn't happen again? The call right before this 
was to my IT support group who had said that we need to upgrade our endpoint software, our antivirus software, and I basically leave it up to them, and and they're going to go through each workstation, and they're going to determine that all the ports are closed, and then our computers have the proper services running in the background to prevent it. You basically have to invest in your network and hire competent people to prevent it. All right, Dennis, thanks for telling our listeners this story. Again, been talking to Dennis Bosco, Jr., the CEO of Chelsea Floors in Manhattan, and you've been listening to Kemp Har and FloorDaily.net.